My name is Ocean. Welcome to the Resonant Rest podcast. These conversations took place on unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations territory in so-called Vancouver. This podcast will feature threads of different conversations with musicians about rest, how they sustain themselves, what dreams they have, what their creative practice looks like, and more. I am super excited and grateful to be making Resonant Rest with the support of the team at Grounded Futures as their podcaster in residence. In this teaser, you'll hear me talking with my amazing guests, Vanessa LaFan, Angelica Solomon, Kealoha Nolani, Carmina Ray, Thomas Holler, Michael Tylo, and Tanya Aganaba. Musicians are always so busy. And there's so much, like, pressure from capitalism and from other people to, like, you know, do a certain thing, be a certain way. My dream is that I just want to, like, have a bunch of conversations with people and I want to hear how they feel about stuff. Um, I feel like as musicians, we walk through the world and we're like, we have all these, all these messages and I feel like we don't all feel the same about stuff, like resting and like how to sustain ourselves and what an amazing world looks like for each of us so Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the sorts of things I'm thinking about and I'm just like reflecting for myself about what I want my life to look like and how being a musician fits into it I feel like my identity is so wrapped up in being a musician but I also don't want it to be everything that I am I've just like been thinking about all that and thinking about how to make music practice sustainable and what music practice looks like and just like how to exist i think those are like things that i've also been reflecting on a lot yeah like not just as like a musician but also just like as an artist in general yeah like what that even means and like living in a world that tries to fit you in boxes of like Mm. okay what are you you're this thing okay now stay as this thing yeah I was born and raised in Taiwan, and I immigrated here into so-called Canada when I was 11, 2006. Mm. Um, I've been a multidisciplinary artist my entire life. Like, I've never saw art forms as being separate. To me, they're just, like, ways of, like, creating and expressing and, like, playing. Mm. And it wasn't until, like, later on when I was, like, trying to apply for grants and things like that that, Mm. like, I realized I had to, like, put myself in a category to be like recognized as such Mm. um but yeah like I love expressing through music I write I like to paint and draw and make videos and take photos and dance and move and to me it's all just a part of the same thing you know it's what links it all together is less about the form and more about like the why like the purpose Mm. of why I'm doing it, what it represents, and, yeah, the message that's in it or the feeling. Uh, Angelica Solomon. (laughs) (laughs) That's my last name. Yeah. I'm a poet, musician, spoken word artist, uh, learning to produce. I do a little bit of theater work writing plays and (laughs) such. You do so many things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't like to hold myself back, but uh, Mm -hmm. I can definitely relate on uh, feeling the hustle and grind and feeling myself being 
ground by this pressure that mm. you describe. <laughs> yeah. I guess I feel like it's influenced a lot of my decisions. Like even in college when I was like, um, what what should I major in in second year? You know, I had a, a decision to make between songwriting and performance. And my piano teacher wanted me to do performance. And he was like, you should like play on ships after college because you can make a lot of money or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do songwriting. Like, I'm a songwriter. I've like been a songwriter since I was a child. Yeah, <laughs> That's like who I am. And then, but like, there's this other skill performance that would be good. That would be like more financially useful or something. I don't know. I don't even know if that's true like songwriting is quite financially useful if you know yeah. what to do with it and they go Anyways. hand in hand and you can yeah, be both it's true. it's true you can be both yeah yeah i actually i'm now that i'm kind of where i am i feel like i am who i'm supposed to be and i've been supposed to be me like how I am right now for forever mm. if that makes sense but like I came I moved to so-called Vancouver like six years ago from mm. completely to Nay Nation um which is where part of my ancestry hails which is so-called Prince George like 10 hour drive north of here and I moved here uh, to pursue drums. Right um, you're a drummer of course. Yeah that was like my first kind of musical love um, and then to be honest, like the urge to like grow beyond that seed had been like pressing for a while. Mm. And then, yeah, it kind of blossomed when I, after I graduated from CapU and I took a couple years to just really slow down and like, I mean, it wasn't like a choice. I just, my chronic illness was like extremely flared up and I was like, okay, I need to like hibernate and peace out for a while. Mm. And then it felt like the perfect sign. I was like, okay, I physically like can't just like be hauling drums around. Like I don't actually feel mm. well enough to just even play drums half the time. So like mm-hmm. it was kind of the perfect place to also to do healing work through songwriting and mm. like start hearing my own voice saying things that validated who my belonging and like my purpose or just still being like alive and here and yeah so then the songwriting bug definitely came (laughs) and that was beautiful (laughs) I kind of like just having dreams that have to do with music that have nothing to do with money Um, like I just want to release my songs and obviously that costs money. So at some point it does, you do want to kind of break even at least and even being able to play shows means you want people to show up. So you need money to advertise. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, I just don't want to lose the enjoyment of writing. Mm. And I did for, for a while, um, and performing because it becomes this like, what's marketable? What do people want? Mm. Um, but I'm realizing recently that I just don't care. Mm. (laughs) and some people do like what I do, and I think that there's an audience out there for everybody, anybody. Totally, anybody. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I guess a lot of musicians I know um, have a diverse portfolio of incomes, you know, from these projects and that project, and yeah. So knowing you don't know when things are going to happen and when they're not going to happen, mm-hmm. nothing steady except mm-hmm. the fact that we're working all the time. Yeah. <laughs> In my ideal world, it wouldn't be money. <laughs> so yeah, okay. That's possibly a different com- conversation. But, no, um, this is the same conversation. <laughs> what does that look like? 
a world without money looks like for me it looks like you know relying on trading on mm. giving and receiving and yeah like mutual aid on more community building where mm. there isn't a need for the current kind of economy that we have right? mm. some of the things you mentioned um in terms of like me being a person who is active in the community and like trying to quote unquote help help the community mm-hmm. um a lot of the truth that is in my shows stems from those relationships and mm. those um, spaces that I find myself in. So I organize with the Defund 604 Network, which is an abolitionist organizing group based in so-called Vancouver that is um, organizing to defund, dismantle, decarcerate, and abolish the police in its entirety because we believe in a police-free future and a future that is free of um, all forms of state and police violence. Yes. I also am a member of Vendu, which is the Vancouver area network of drug users. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the truth and the conversations that I'm trying to have or bring to light in my shows are directly related to the experiences that I have organizing with those groups. So talking about abolition, talking about how to challenge the power of the state, talking about the hypocrisy of the Canadian government, talking about how drug policy is killing our communities, and then, you know, talking about the ongoing increase of violence and harm that we're seeing in our communities and mm-hmm. how, you know, trying to think of think of ways and participate in ways and encourage ways that really address those root causes. And music is a part of that. I've mm-hmm. always believed that music and creativity has to be a part of the movement because otherwise how do you heal from the constant trauma of just being overwhelmed by how fucked the state is and Mm. how fucked life is. Music is there to like bomb the wounds of all the trauma that we're going through and also a way to communicate with people these complex ideas. I'm constantly thinking about like, how do I write about anarchism in a way that's like a bop, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) 